Hello and welcome back to Hitchcock Chronologically, the show where I, Jeff, go through uh, all of Alfred Hitchcock's movies in the order they were released, and occasionally I thoroughly regret it. Um, but I get the opportunity to invite uh, a good friend of mine on, the first ever returning guest to Hitchcock Chronologically from I Just Want to Talk and Integrity Orchid. It's LaKendra. I can actually add in effects if you like. Just <laughs> adding those effects, Jeff. What's up, everybody? Glad to yeah, be I could do that. <laughs> yeah, and uh, so what happens? Like last time, uh, I was watching uh, a Hitchcock movie, and there were some things that would not fly today. That's the kindest way I can put it. Uh, and probably, well, and should not have flown back then. Uh, if you remember, and you've listened to everything, uh, LaKendra was on the episode called The Ring that had uh, a, a movie that had some poor image of black people and uh, used some derogatory terms. So why am I inviting LaKendra back? I wonder why. I probably should invite you back, too, on one that's just a perfectly normal movie. Well, what fun is that? What's that? I said, what fun would that be? Oh, there's a lot coming up. Some of his later ones are, okay. I think. Who knows? Who knows? But uh, so I want to tell you what happened in this movie. Uh, this The movie I watched was called Young and Innocent. And I'm going to... Do you have a timer with you? A timer? Yeah, I can do it from here. I'm, uh, what I want to do, I'm going to give myself 60 seconds, since I have a guest, to recap the movie. I am getting my handy dandy stopwatch app on my uh, iPhone. And I'm going to start in three, two, go. Young Innocent is about a man and wife. The man kills his wife and there's a guy who finds her and they immediately think that he's the guy that did it. But there's a raincoat that's missing. And if he finds the raincoat, he might be able to prove his innocence. Along the way, he meets the DA's daughter who enlists help to get him this raincoat that is somehow going to prevent him from going to jail. They find the guy who has it, who is a homeless man named Old Will, who has the raincoat, but it's missing the belt that was used to kill the woman at the very first scene. He says the person that gave him the belt was this man who squints a lot. They go to a hotel where the man is performing in a band, and they find him, and they capture him, and our protagonist is free. That was 46 seconds. Look at that. All right. So that's the whole movie. Uh, now, I want to. So I started this movie, LaKendra, and I knew right out of the gate I was in trouble because you know how when you watch something on Netflix or anywhere else, it says rated R or mm -hmm. rated PG. And then it has a list of things that contributed to that score. Yes. The very first thing on this movie, when you turn it on on Amazon Prime, which is where I watched it is the words blackface. Dang, I've never seen that. I hadn't either. And I was like, ah, oh, damn it. Dang, bro. Because I want to like the movie. I don't, ah, like I started this because I wanted to watch his movies because I'm a fan of a couple of his films. And I'm like, ah, oh, I got to face America's past. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, we talked about this before, Jeff, uh, on, if, if your fans are listening, as they should be, because you're awesome. 
Oh, thank you. Of course. Um, but again, I think it still it still takes place in a time period where this type of stuff was accepted, and it was just a pure quote unquote form of entertainment to those who watched. This was in the nineteen thirties. You said this would have been late thirties. Yeah. Yeah. So. What were what were white people and black people and white really just white people and non-white people? What was that relationship back in the late 1930s? You know what I'm saying? So, it it, it I think it's the, it's the same thing. Like this was a time period where it was okay to use non-white people, cultures, races as a form of entertainment and to mock mm-hmm. them as a form of entertainment. And specifically are the minstrel shows. Mm. Is that Teddy? So are you from... What's that? Yeah, that's Teddy. (laughs) Hey, Teddy, I'm recording. (laughs) Hey, Teddy. Kendra says hi. Um, The minstrel shows, which are basically... And I don't... I've not seen one, but I did a little research. And the reason I did was because the the blackface in this movie doesn't come in until the very end. And Mm. it's the band that the... Uh, murderer is playing in mm-hmm. is a band of like a six piece band. Every member of which had blackface on. Interesting. So I had a movie earlier where a white guy was actually playing a Hispanic guy and had brown face. This almost, I could almost like not excuse it, but explain it to a degree because I, there were bands like this in the thirties and this would have been an accurate representation of what they did. Mm-hmm. Whereas in the movie I'm talking about before was a white guy named Peter Laurie playing Hispanic man who had brown face on. So it was like he was taking a job that probably should have gone to a Hispanic person. Wow. It's amazing the things that, you know, we forget about in America. Um, and going through these movies has been a, a time warp. Of and like so, I said that at the beginning they had that warning that there was blackface, and it didn't come until the end of the movie. And I was like, "Oh, I'm off the hook. Mm -hmm. There's none in here. Right? This is just a dull movie." And then they get to the scene at the hotel, and there's it's so like I literally said, "Holy shit!" Like out loud because it was just so stunning to me. It, now, it, it like put me back. <laughs> let, like, me, let me ask this now: Was the band wearing blackface, and were were any of them, as far as you know, like lip syncing to a black singer, or were they playing to a uh, music that was being that was originally played by a black band? So that I don't know. The music wasn't like particularly jazzy, mm-hmm. like you would think. You know, jazz started in the black communities, and I would have that would have thought that's what it was but this was just kind of generic lounge music uh and nobody was singing there was a white conductor um but everybody else just had playing different instruments and it actually in this movie played into the story because they were looking for a particular person this killer and they didn't recognize him because he had blackface on wow okay (laughs) I, I, I'm just telling you what <laughs> I, oh gosh, I don't know what to do with these movies. It's, but go ahead, Jeff. I got to say one more thing though. 
as uh, so on these older movies, there, there's also a lot of uh, misogyny. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways it represents itself is that whenever women get bad news, they faint. That's in a lot of older movies. That's in a lot. Yeah, it's not just Hitchcock. It's yeah. representative of the time. And I'm like, why doesn't this ever happen to a man? Well, I'll be darned, LaKendra. <laughs> Did a man the protagonist you? is a guy who's being interrogated by the police. And they're like, oh, you didn't kill her? You didn't have motive? Well, did you know? That she left you a bunch of money in her will? He faints. I was like, equality! (laughs) They did it! (laughs) I was uh, slightly stunned. I thought it was really funny, but... uh, I I don't know what else to say. I mean, it's just... When I'm watching these, it like it immediately is like a gut punch and I don't want to do the podcast anymore. But at the same time, I'm like, I started this as something that was finishable. There's mm-hmm. a finite end and I want to complete it and see it through. But, well, you know, I don't go ahead. Well, my question would be, Jeff, like what, since you are doing a podcast about the Hitchcock movies and you've gotten deep into them, you see the things that, you know, you view things that make you feel uncomfortable. What would you say to your listeners? Like, what do you want your listeners to know um, or to realize from watching these movies? So what I would say, so the questions that let, let me play de- not devil's advocate, but the question of the average on like unaware white guy, mm-hmm. which is I'm perfect for that. Cause I don't know anything. Sometimes, you know, they will look at a movie. So there's an old movie a while ago where this guy dressed up in blackface to honor a black friend of his. And they just didn't know that that was a problem or offensive. So, okay, here's my question. And I'm doing this as as I'm not. And I'm just going to lay it out there. You can rip me either way. So. And I have an answer to this question, but I want to get your perspective. Okay. Why is this offensive? Blackface is offensive. And yet Dave Chappelle or the Wayans can be in white chicks and have white face. Like Dave Chappelle does his white guy voice. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great question. And who's not to say it isn't offensive, honestly, Jeff. I think yeah. that um, I think the manner in which blackface was presented in the time period that it was presented, it, it was, like I said, it was done to um because back then black people um were used as entertainment they were used to entertain um highfalutin guests (laughs) so to speak yeah and so blackface is a mimicry of that right so that's what that was used for that's what it was created for and i think when you look at dave Chappelle and the wayans i'm not justifying it and i'm not saying anyone should not be offended but it's been accepted as and presented as a form of um not necessarily mocking a race, if that makes sense. And I, and I don't mm-hmm. know if I'm saying it properly, but it's not used to negatively, let me say it like that. It's not used to negatively mock um, another race or to purposefully or intentionally, I don't think, um, cause harm. Right. Um, th- that's my take anyway. Now, <laughs> that that's the way I perceive it. I don't know what the, the, the artists that have performed in this manner 
uh, what how they meant for us to take it, how they meant to, for us to perceive it. That, but that's how I perceived, it, and that's how I, I've taken it, interpreted it. Yeah, and I and I was never offended by any of their performances. I'm a fan of both of them, actually. But uh, my answer to that would be too is that Dave Chappelle on the Chappelle Show and the movie White Chicks, mm-hmm. all of these pieces of entertainment still get filtered through a white guy in a suit very true in a boardroom right it always gets approved by a probably a rich white man very true but i think it's where, if we're honest i yeah, think dave Chappelle's is gonna get through anyway but go ahead dave didn't care <laughs> oh yeah i took it out don't worry i'm dave Chappelle. <laughs> sorry is this a yeah show? <laughs> yeah he he's on another level he's he's established himself as like he is the comedian. He's America's comedian yeah, right now to me. And he just, the, his Saturday Night Live monologues are always, I remember the one he did after Trump got elected. And then the, the one after Biden got elected mm-hmm. and just him st- saying it like it is. He's like, you know, yeah, Biden got elected, but have we really made progress? Right, right, right. Are things really that different? Cause, or even like, he's like, one of the lines he said, one of his stand-up things, he's like, uh, you know, you get these uh, rural white guys who are like, Trump, man, Trump. And he's like, Dave Chappelle says, Trump's not working for you. Mm-hmm. I saw he's that. working for me. Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm the one with the money. Um, right. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I completely uh, agree with, with all of that. Um, and, but again, again, it's the, it's the time period, right? What are these people saying? And to your point about Dave Chappelle being the voice or America's comedian, so to speak, who was is, who is, uh, Hitchcock representing? What was his socioeconomic class that he was representing mm-hmm. and entertaining? I think that's something. I think you have to really get into some, like, some history research to really understand. Um, I think so. Too. Understand Hitchcock, who he represented, what was going on in his life at the time. And who he was, uh, who his movies were um, targeted to, I think mm. will answer a lot of questions about why he used um, blackface. Why uh, in the last film we were talking about using uh, black people as fighters, right? Um, well, so- as um, well, it was like a dunk booth. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And, yeah, and it was like everybody in the crowd was throwing eggs and stuff at at the one black guy. Yeah. So it's like, why does why does he depict black people and black culture in the way that he does? I think you really have to research the man himself. Yeah. So, and what other uh, the other point of that is, yeah, you and I know American history and the with the slave trade and the Civil War, and we live in the South where mm-hmm. you'll see uh, the I can't the Confederate flags, mm-hmm. and that's its own thing. At this time and in this movie, he's in the UK. And so I don't know what's happening over there. And they had slavery, I believe. You know, I'm not a historian in any way. Um, but that's another part of it, too, is he's in a different part of the world at the same time. Well, let me look this up real quick. Let's see what the, what the Google has to say about this film. Because I think that's an interesting point. What was going on in the going on in the U? Ah, brief excerpt. Let's take a look. I'm just going to read this, Jeff. It says, um, I guess an author wrote this after watching 
after watching Young and Innocent and gave his commentary about the, the blackface used in the movie. And so he says, in my naivete, I assumed that maybe this was an anchorism. The film takes place in 1937 and weren't minstrel bands out of fashion by then? Sadly, a brief search turned up a whole host of blackface performers in Britain well into the 20th century, including the Black and White Minstrel Show. I had never heard of this, by the way. A BBC program featuring a blackface featuring blackface performances that ran on the BBC from 1958 to 1978. That's a long time, first of all. Yeah. To 1978. It says 1978. That was three years before I was born, by the way. My wife was alive. See, that's what I'm talking I was, about. <laughs> right. Yeah. So that's not that far away. That's the thing. It's like, this stuff isn't that far away. Nah. These... Like, problems these this oppression wasn't that long ago right no not at all like this is our this is in our lifetime like when i think of um severe uh uh degradation of racism and and um slavery and things of that nature i'm thinking like before i was born type of stuff before my mama was born type of stuff but right. for this to say something like this lasted in britain well into the late 1970s almost into the 1980s that is absurd. So that, I mean, that, that will probably tell us that in the UK, there was definitely some racism <laughs> against black people specifically, and even some ignorance, maybe. Pardon me, yeah. my Britain friends. Um, but maybe just ignorance and not knowing. Like you said, Jeff, maybe they didn't know that what they were doing was now considered to be offensive. I don't see how, but... right. That's the other thing is like, how do you not no, this is a problem, but uh, can you send me the link to that article? Sure I'll post it in the show notes. This um, is from Hitchcock52.com. Hey, that's his 52 films, I believe. One of the things that I did not know when I started this podcast, I did the first episode on January, the first Wednesday in January, and the last episode will be on the last Wednesday in December. That's perfect timing, Jeffrey. And it you just didn't do that on out. purpose. <laughs> not at all. Um now I have let I'm gonna do one more question. And uh you probably saw the hot water that Jimmy Fallon got in for doing blackface of Chris Rock. Yeah on SNL. And he said that was a tribute too, didn't he? I don't remember if he said it was a tribute. Now, and this is my brain. I'm thinking like what got me about that one was like someone found it, dug it up, and put it out there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And part of me is like, yeah, he shouldn't have done it. I, but Jimmy Fallon is friends with Chris Rock, right? You right. know, like there's some nuance there. Is like, is it wrong? Yes. But is Jimmy Fallon a bad person? No, Jimmy Fallon's not a bad person. And I think that's the, that's the culture that we're in with the internet. And talking about like cancel culture and, you know, when people dig up stuff like that. Like that. I mean, they've done it to a lot of celebrities. I say they, the proverbial they, dig stuff up like this on a lot of celebrities. This happens often, and then they try to cancel them. So I like Jimmy Fallon, and that's not to say he gets a pass. I think he actually should have known better. I don't think it's ever, like, okay to wear blackface, Mm -hmm. even if you're, you know, even if you and Chris Rock are friends. Thank you, Marge, for your commentary. Even if you and Chris (laughs) Rock are friends, and you put on blackface to you know, the poke fun of him. That's some stuff you just go to his house and do. <laughs> right. you, know, you don't do it on, on, on television. So I don't think he should have done it. 
I think he, he, we all live in a time and when that was done, it was during a time where we know better to not right. do that. So I, I, while he gets a half a pass, cause I don't think he meant any harm. Um, he definitely gets a, um, a, a go to timeout car because he should have known better. Yeah. And he did apologize. He was and I totally was contrition. Genuine. Right. Um, not to drag him through the mud or anything, but it's just, I, it was just a more modern representation of this. So, and I think we can talk, there's a show that both you and I were a fan of called Dear White People. Mm-hmm. That was on Netflix, at least the first season. Yeah, I, I didn't watch it. make it through the second. Season. Yeah. <laughs> but the first season was dynamite. It was. Um, and there is blackface in that, but it's a representation of it negatively. Mm-hmm. It's, there's a, a frat party where all the white uh, men and women have blackface on and it's, uh, you know, spurned and, and shown to be ugly. Yep. I think again, but, but Jeff and talking about that scene, college kids still do that. Like, yeah, literally. Well, and Justin Trudeau, the prime minister of Canada did it in college. And it I came remember out. that was yeah. I remember that getting dug up. Yeah, I mean, this, for whatever reason, that has been like a college tradition for some. Every year, I feel like there's someone at a frat party of some sort. Halloween is usually when it comes up, right? When some kids like, oh, it'll be great. Let me go to this party as Michael Jordan. No, dummy, you don't go to the party as Michael right. Jordan. Right, you are face. Larry Bird. <laughs> Get used to it. Be Phil Jackson. You know, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just don't be Mike. You know, yeah. Um, but but I think again, again, we have to back back up a little bit. And I look at these kids. I'm like, why do you think that's okay? What was going on in your house, like to where you think that that is okay? And again, I think, oh my God, the conversations that we would have to have about the generations of where racism was okay in non-minority families. It was just a thing. Um, mm-hmm. I can use Paula Dean as a good example. Paula Dean said some stuff a few years ago, got canceled by Food Network and everybody else that knew her. And Paula Dean came out and said she wasn't, she's not a racist. These are just things that were said in her family, in her household that she was just accustomed to, right? It didn't mean that mm-hmm. she necessarily believed in what they represented. And I kind of sort of believe Paula Dean because there are some things that even in, in black households that are said and that you hear and that you may repeat at some point, but doesn't mean that you absolutely believe what they represent. I think that's in every culture. So, mm-hmm. so I think we have to look at, at things like, like that. Like when these kids do this at these parties, what have they been exposed to? Um, I know last summer when things started popping off with, with social injustice, particularly during the murder of George Floyd, and my non-black friends were saying to me, oh my gosh, these are biases that I had. I didn't know they were biases. These are things mm-hmm. that I heard my uncle say or um, ways I saw my dad or my granddad. Generations previous to them saying certain things, acting a certain way towards a certain group of people that was normalized for them. And they didn't realize that that's what they were witnessing. Yeah. So unfortunately, I think that there is a lot of that in non-minority households where things are witnessed, things are picked up. I mean, and, and as kids, we're impressionable. We're going to do what mommy and daddy and grandma and grandpa and auntie and uncle do. Um, those yep. are the things that we're going to believe because that's what we're taught to believe. But um, I'm thankful for growth and maturity because as we all get older, myself included, we realize that there are some things that we were 
that we learned, not necessarily taught, but some things that we just learned just by being in a particular environment that aren't necessarily good or healthy for the greater good of society. I'm off my yeah. soapbox. I like your soapbox. Thank you, Jeff. Um, if you want more of Lakendra's soapbox, where do they find your podcast? <laughs> you can find like me, segue? Huh? my podcast, and my soapbox um, anywhere that you listen to podcasts. If you listen to Jeff's podcast right now, I bet if you go search, I just want to talk Queen Mother, you'll find me. And I'll post the link in my description on the in the show notes if you want to click over to that and give her a follow because uh, she has conversations like this all the time. And the thing I love about LaKendra, she welcomes uh, or she allows me to ask the dumb questions that I have. And it, it, it doesn't get offended, but is willing to set me straight. Here's the thing, Jeff. I don't think your questions are dumb. I think you have questions that uh, others have. They just don't know, number one, how to ask them. And where mm -hmm. to go. Yeah. So I'm and thankful best that to have you come to someone me. Someone you can trust. <laughs> it's like, yeah. listen, this might be insensitive, but you know my heart. No, no, seriously. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm glad that you trust me enough to come to me and be like, hey, I feel a certain type of way. Can we talk about this? And I'm like, heck mm -hmm. yeah, we can talk about it. Do you want to record it too? <laughs> yeah. I just wanted to talk. <laughs> Jeff just wants to talk. I just want to talk. Uh, what we had mentioned last time bringing you back for a, a movie so oh, yes i we'll look at the thing see if there's anything that catches your eye but you know let me look at this 52.com website i just found <laughs> see if yeah I can look at some <laughs> summaries <laughs> yeah there there once you get to the end of his career that's when like the he sort of hits like a, a stride of just hit after hit but right now i'm wading through either monotony or racism so nice <laughs> Well, I do thank you for coming on again, LaKendra. It's always a pleasure. It is. Ditto. And every time we're done, I'm like, we need to do this again. I love, I always feel like our conversations are good. You almost feel like that? I almost. I just barely. No, I, <laughs> I feel like, our, did I say almost? I'll edit that out. I feel like our conversations are always great. They're always great. They are. And I hope that, you know, above all else, Jeff, I hope that you gained something from our conversations. And that your listeners gain something from our conversations because I think that's what we want. We want people to mm -hmm. open their mind and their hearts to to thoughtful, thought provoking conversations that makes them, you know, search their hearts and their souls for for things that may not be so great. Yeah, a great band once said, "Love your neighbor as yourself." Um, so I think uh, that's the best advice I can give: is listen to your neighbor, especially if they're different. Indeed. Agreed, Jeffrey. Well, I, I let me think about how I want to segue into closing this show. Here we go. If you want to reach out to me, you can contact me at hitchcockchronologically at gmail.com. Be sure to check out LaKendra's podcast. I just want to talk. The link's in the description. You can also follow her on Twitter at LaKendra Speaks. That's S-P-K-S. <laughs> you got it, man. All right. Well, thanks for listening, and uh, we'll catch you next week. Bye.